hey, it's Dawn. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that my podcast today with Ioana, she is an expert in dealing with people that have gifts and are mediums, and she helps nurture that and helps them grow. So we do talk about that, but I wanted to let anyone know that's not interested in that because she is a medium. I was asking her about how to connect with our loved ones that are on the other side, what's happening wherever they're at, what what's going on, because I have a million questions in that field. Um, with my dad being passed, I just really want to know where, where he's at. Is he with me? Is he watching me? Can I pray to him? All those questions. So if you have any questions like that for loved ones that have passed, and you're curious about any of it, this is for you. All right. Thanks, guys. Hello, and welcome to Donversations. I'm your host, Dawn, and this podcast is just a lighthearted, easygoing show where we talk all things soul, spirit, and self-discovery. I just want to learn and grow and elevate in the best way possible, and I want you to come with me. I'm looking forward to all these new people that I'm going to meet and possibly building a brand new soul tribe. If you are new here, welcome. I am so happy to have you. And if you are returning and have been following me, thank you so much. Welcome back. I appreciate you all. And I hope that you get so much out of this podcast. I just am so excited for what's to come. So if you're ready, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Conversations. Today we have Joanna. Hello and welcome. Hi Dawn and welcome everyone. Oh, it's so great to have you. So you are in Melbourne, is that right? That's correct, Melbourne, Australia. Oh my gosh, can you hear her accent people? I love it. Um, okay, so introduce yourself. Tell tell people why you're here. Well, I am as, as you've rightly said, my name's Ioana Sapanos, and I'm here today in my capacity as a medium, so a psychic medium and mentor to developing and emerging mediums all around the globe. That's just fascinating. I can't wait to talk about it. So when did you realize that you had gifts? When I reflected back, I probably has had an element of awareness from a very young age. So I have very early memory, three, four, five years old, of actually seeing people walking around in my bedroom and being oh. quite frightened initially of what I was seeing. Uh, so they, so I was seeing what we call spirit objectively, so outside of the body. But of course, as a young child, I didn't really um, understand that. So I, at one stage there, I was quite frightened. After a while, my fear left and my curiosity kicked in. So I started to look at these people and they never really bothered me. They never interacted with me. They never touched me, but I could see them all in various uh, dresses and, you know, from different eras. And, um, and I have that memory very strongly. But of course, like a lot of mediums, when we don't, unless someone tells us, we really don't know we've got ability uh, because we've got nothing to contrast it with. So, you know, I didn't really consciously become aware of my abilities until someone told me in my very early, well, in fact, it was late 20s, my very late 20s, when someone actually said to me, I hope you realize you're a medium. Oh, my gosh. Did you tell your parents? Were you open I with them about it? I did as a young child. And of course, like any parent, they want to reassure a child's fear. So they were like, oh, don't worry. You're just dreaming. Just go back to bed. You're fine. And that in itself can be a bit um, 
unsettling because uh, I, I felt very unsettled because you question yourself as a child. Right. Do you know what I mean? So oh, I, sure. I felt very unsettled. And as I got older and I started training other people, I um, and I also have written a, a chapter about this. I, I've got a chapter on um, in my book, which we'll touch on shortly. It's on um, parenting young mediums. And I kind of tell parents now, and I certainly tell others, uh, to just validate it for their children um, and to you know, normalise it because then it allows you to build your confidence up in that ability and in the confidence in that reality as well so that it doesn't unsettle you growing up. Right. Yeah, that would instill fear then. So do you think for a lot of kids when they say they have an imaginary friend that it is actually more along the lines of a spirit? I do believe that um, obviously there will be a certain percentage of the general sure. population that will have some sort of mental health or psychosis um, issues and, and that would be very small in my opinion, but I don't really know that. But in terms of most imaginary friends, just in an average household, yes, because as children, all of us, it doesn't matter whether we go on to become mediums or not, we all have um, a real strong link and awareness to the other side. Um, all children do it. You'll see young children talking about their friends and being quite descriptive. And um, most of us will just say, oh, it's your imagination. But if we actually right. sat down and asked the right questions, we might find it's more than imagination. We might find those children talking about, you know, grandmas and grandpas on the other side that they wouldn't necessarily have met but yet know everything about them. Gosh, that is so cool. What age do you think it is that kids kind of just um, dismiss it and and let it go and just not yeah. bring it back up until they're older? Well, I feel once we are in the primary school level where we're starting mm -hmm. to use our logical and rational brain and a lot of that imaginative play is really takes a back burner. So while we're in those junior sort of nursery schools and kindergartens and things like that, it, it, we're encouraged to still be imaginative and to connect to that side of the brain because we do access the spirit world through the creative side of the brain. But once we start our training properly and we're, you know, we're learning about numbers and letters and all that logical brain kicks in, it takes a back seat and it, it almost fades away. And there is a certain percentage, and I was one of these children, that will still have sensitivity to spirit. Um, and often they will um, be the children that do have, like I forever had, um, you know, uh, upset tummies, for example, and mm -hmm nervousness in, in inverted commas and so I was forever being taken to the doctor for my nervousness and Aww. what I realize now is that that nervousness was actually my awareness of the spirit world oh my gosh well and I I know I think that labels are kind of a problem as far as when you start talking spirituality and people's gifts and things, you know, because the logical side of us, we do want to label things. We want to give it a name so it makes sense to us in our minds. But what what is the difference between a psychic and a medium? Is it different for every person? Or it, it is one hundred percent. So I believe all of us have psychic ability, and um, 
that's just part of our human genetic makeup. So what are, what is psychic ability? It means that you are able to perceive with the subtle senses um, extra information around you. So we, you know, whenever we approach someone before we've even used language, we're using psychic ability. We're feeling into them. We're feeling into our environment. We're sensing. And as psychics, so a professional psychic has learned to expand their aura, to grow their energetic body and to overlap that with the person in front of them. And in that overlap is where we read, in inverted commas, we read what that person um, is thinking, what their history has been, and also what they're likely to do in the future. So a good psychic will read what people have already decided they're going to do, whether that's conscious or unconscious in the person because mm -hmm. um, and so we reflect it back for them and we help them clarify it uh, that's what real psychic ability is and mediums mediums are I believe mediumship is a calling it is an act of service so it's something that not everyone is called to do but it because it is um, an incredibly healing modality so with mediumship the medium also expands their aura but we elevate in frequency so we grow our aura up in a higher vibration and we overlap with the aura of the spirit communicator who of course doesn't have a physical body anymore but they do have every single other part of them intact, which means their memories, their experiences, their characteristics, uh, their thinking, who they were, their feelings, all that is still valid. It's just they don't have a physical body. Oh my gosh, that made me smile so big. My dad passed away a few years ago and, you know, just after somebody passes and you don't know about that other realm, you know, you just question, are they with me all the time? Are they sitting next to me all the time? Do I have to call them to be around me? Are they happy? You know, just all of it. Yeah. Well, firstly, I'm so sorry to hear that your, your dad has passed from the physical and it's not easy, especially if, if you're very close to parents. Not everyone is, but if you are, it's right. not easy when we lose a loved one at all. And the job of a very good evidential medium, so I'm what's called an evidential medium, what that means is uh, we have have to provide evidence that your loved one is still present before we go into the messages and the connection. And we do that by verifying their identity, by providing information about your loved one. And the beauty about that is, is it gives confirmation for us when we are grieving. And then, of course, beautiful messages um, are brought right. forward whether they are regrets, love, the should'ves, the could'ves, I didn't get a chance to say this, um, or just simply the confirmation, I am with you, I watched you, you know, brush your hair as you sat at your dressing table, you know, and mm -hmm. used, you know, the, the silver brush that, that was Nana's. It, it's those sorts of little details that validate it. And to also provide um, a little bit of comfort and assurance for anyone, and, in, and certainly for you, Dawn, is we don't have to um, we don't have to really consult with a medium to to call them in and ask them to be around. They, of course, will be around us, and they're not bound by time and space. They're bound by um, 
that, that, you know, they're drawn to us by our love and our thoughts. So the minute we think about our loved ones, they are there. And if you and a sibling and a cousin and someone else on the other side of the world are all thinking about that person at exactly the same time, spirit has the ability to be in all those locations at exactly the same time which is quite amazing. Yes. So is it annoying to the spirits for us to constantly ask for signs? (laughs) Um, No, I don't feel it is. I feel that they would want to give you reassurance. But I'll I'll go one step deeper in answering that. If if your loved one, when they were living on the earth side, if they were annoyed that you asked questions all the time, you know, sometimes when we have young children and they're always, but why, but why? Right. <laughs> um, and they got short with you and a little bit annoyed. That same personality will carry over in the spirit world. So there will be a certain percentage of spirit people that will get annoyed because that's their personality, right? They would sit just right. sit, roll their eyes and think, oh, you're asking again. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and so they would. But generally, no, because they do want to try and give you as much confirmation that they're around and you just have to ask you know we have that beautiful saying ask and it shall be you know it shall be received or given um it happens in the spirit world as well so they do try and give us as many signs as they can oh my gosh so who is spirit is it different for everyone like is spirit the holy spirit is it just it's individualized a great, great question. And you'll, you know, if you ask that to a number of different people and mediums, you probably will get a very wide array of um, answers to that. So I can give you my take on it. So for me, I am a believer in, in I call it the God source in God. I do pray. I, I love to pray. I feel prayer is really important for us as individuals. And for me, I feel that there are worlds within worlds, so worlds within the spirit world. So my experience of this has been that when you, um, you know, when you pass to the spirit world and, you know, there's that's the first entry level, if you like. So our mums, our dads, our loved ones, our sisters, brothers, children, they all move into the first world. And that world is closest to us as humans. It's closest to us in terms of um, vibration and frequency. And it's probably the most readily and easily accessible. And in that first level world, this is where, we, we you know, all the personality traits, etc., all remain the same. As we move through that um, world, we start to go through different levels and other worlds include the angelic realm, for example, you know, many of, um, irrespective of religion, angels seem to be common across all, or, or, not all, but certainly a lot of the religions. You know, so there is the angelic world. There's the guidance world. So the world of guides and mentors and teachers and inspirers that are, you know, that are spirit. And then there's universal archetypes. And, of course, you know, Jesus is one of those. He was a healer and and, and a beautiful um, inspirer. And as we move further up closer to God, we are losing our personality, we're losing our characteristics, we're losing who we are and we're becoming purer and our essence, like our soul essence, becomes uh, at one with the oneness, with the universe that is um, entirely, uh, you know, that that world in there that is entirely the God source and, you know, whatever God means for us because I do believe that personal 
journey for each of us to be connected to God. Yeah. And the more that I delve into all these spiritual topics and stuff, it's like now I always have prayed to God, but now it's like I, I'm praying to so many people. I'm like angels, spirit guides, archangels, you know, ancestors. I don't like, like, do I need to say all that? You actually don't. You can say it, you can say it as um, easily and readily as God and just speak to God. Um, and you can say it, um, you know, if you have an, as someone that you feel most aligned to or more related to, uh, you know, it could be the angels, it could be the ancestors, um, but you certainly don't have to call them right into everyone. I use um, a general term, I call them my spirit team, and in my team are all those realms. So okay. I just call it my spirit team, that's what I call it. Um, right. Whoever you feel comfortable um, talking to, then go with that because at the end of the day, including ourselves, we are, we've got spirit within ourselves. We are all part of the oneness, regardless of who we actually are accessing. Right. So you said that you're an evidentiary, did I say it right? Met medium. So you go by evidence. That's how, right. many, how many different kinds of mediums are there? Are there a lot? Well, um, evidential mediumship means that uh, you're operating to a standard or, or to a, um, so the training is very, very important. I'm okay. very big on um, training and I'm very big on mentoring, obviously, and teaching mediums. Um, and I'm part of, I'm, I'm a spiritualist medium. So this is part of the spiritualist um part of mediumship is to be evidential, to actually provide evidence. There are a lot of beautiful mediums in the world that um, perhaps haven't received as much training. They might be self-taught. So they don't understand the mechanics of mediumship, which means that we do um, we do need to prove who we've got. So I've seen mediums work, for example, where they might look at someone in the audience and say, oh, you know, I'm coming to the lady there in the blue um, I've got mum with you and mum, you know, is waving from heaven and she sends her love. So that's not evidential. Right. I made that up on the spot, right? If I was <laughs> <laughs> that's not evidential. What evidential means is I, I can say I'm coming to the lady in the blue. I know I have your mother here. She tells me her name is Jane and I know she goes to the spirit world at age 62 from cancer. I also know that she was, um, you know, a beauty pageant queen when she was 20 and she has two children. Now, oh, wow. all that is going to prove without a doubt that I've got your mother, right? So yeah. you have to say that type to that level, that kind of evidence, not always names because not every medium gets names, but certainly the detail has to be there. And it has to be details that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily find if you Googled because the problem with our industry is, is that it, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they're frauds or they're skeptic, you know, right. skeptic aspect. And, you know, like any... Um, other profession there is an element of fraud everywhere it's human nature unfortunately it's not just pegged to mediums there will be a certain percentage of society that will be fraudulent in their dealings you know and mm -hmm. um, what we have to do is, is is keep our we already have a level of skepticism so if we keep our standards high then we need to be able to give information that's um 
you know, not readily Googleable, uh, and if that's such a word, I don't know if that's the right word. You know, <laughs> you that just you can Google, word. and because I've had a few people say, "Wow, your evidence is incredible." Did you Google me? And I thought, "Wow," because I don't have anything else to do with my days, and I'll just be googling every slide <laughs> I see. <laughs> but, um, but you know, people will say that, and so ideally, spirit has an intelligence as well, of course, and they will give you exactly what that client needs to hear and needs to say so that they are reassured categorically and there's things that they might give that they've not told anyone at all so I read for a lovely lady in Greece one day and um it was her husband actually that passed away now he the very first thing he said to me when I connected to him was thank you for including the other shoe in the casket now, I'd never met this lady before. I had no idea, but her husband had diabetes and they had um, amputated one of his oh, legs from the oh. knee down. And when she put him in the, the casket, she made sure both shoes were there and, um, you know, he didn't just have one shoe on his foot. He also right. had shoe next to the other leg where that was missing. And that was the first part of validation that she got. And she went, wow. And then I said to her, and he loves that you've added your love songs. Um, he's got his loves, your love songs by his heart under his suit jacket. And what she had done, and she said to me afterwards, she never told anyone, not even her children didn't know this. He was very romantic and he recorded um, a whole CD of beautiful love songs for her that she just adored and played. And she made a recording of that CD and put it under his suit jacket over his heart. And oh. no one else knew. So these are things that we need to say that will delight her because she'll say, wow, that really is my husband because it's not general statements about, you know, your love. Right. Life. Have you ever had a message that came through that just blew you out of the water or that you just were shocked at the whole circumstance? Um, I did, actually. I'm always surprised and delighted by, by spirit. And I share this, and I've written it in my book as well, this story. There was a lovely, lovely um, man that came to see me. In fact, his wife booked him, and he was very sceptical. And he was Irish Catholic, so one of, you know, 10 or 12 children, and he was the youngest. Right. So when he came to see me, he would have been in his late 50s, and he lost his mum at the age of three. So he was um, the youngest in a whole line of children and mum obviously passed away when he was about three and he never really got over that. So even in his 50s, he was very upset about it still. Um, it held him back in life quite a lot. And his lovely wife booked him and thought maybe he would benefit from seeing um, a medium. So I sat for him on that particular day and I gave him a lot of evidence about his mum. But because he was three, he didn't have a lot of living memory of her, right? So right. He's, he's heard stories of mum from his older siblings, but he was only three. So his memory of her was very limited. So even though I was saying, oh, mum's showing me, you know, um, in the, the slate stones in her kitchen and she always had, you know, thick bread and she had this and that and the other, and he was like, well, you know, it's lovely to hear, but it doesn't really validate her because I don't have memory of her. Right. So I paused and I said to his mum in the spirit world, well, what could you give him that would make him feel like you're really there? What could you do? So as soon as I asked her that question, she gave me an image of a most beautiful butterfly. And the butterfly was one of those really large, um, and it was 
black and vivid red. It was very unusual. Um, and we have beautiful butterflies in Australia. We have those beautiful blue monarchs and, you know, just uh -huh. amazing ones. But this one was very unusual. It had it had black and it had red and it had a bit of um, green on it. And I described this butterfly and I said, your mum will send you this butterfly as a sign to let you know that, A, that she is present here today and that she's never left your side. He said, okay. So he left, um, you know, he was emotional, but he wasn't fully convinced, but he left. And about nine months later, um, in he comes again for another reading. And I, I remembered him because of his beautiful Irish accent. And uh -huh. I was like, oh, there he is again. And um, he was so overcome with emotion. He said, I had to come back to see you to tell you something. And he said, do you remember me? And I said, I do remember you. I said, I remember your, you know, that we connected to your mum. And he said, well, you wouldn't believe it. And here he is with his Irish accent. He said, you wouldn't believe it. He said, I, <laughs> he said, I went back to Ireland to, um, you know, his sister had passed at this stage, one of his sisters. He said, and in the middle of winter, he said, in the November, and we were there, you know, at my sister's funeral. I said, okay. And he said, and he said, while we were burying her in the church cemetery, um, he said, something caught my attention on my shoulder. I looked down, he said, and there was a living butterfly exactly as you described it, black, oh. red. He said, living. And then he was so shocked. He says, a butterfly in the middle of winter in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just flabbergasted. And I said, well, that my friend, I said, is your mother moving heaven and earth to let you know that she's with you? Because you'd never expect a butterfly in winter in Ireland. It's certainly right. not one of those that is in right. tropical areas. It's just not possible. But there it was on his shoulder, it living. So that was just wow. miraculous. Um, and in the spirit world, we call that, it's an apport, that's the technical name. So they dematerialise it from some other part of the world and rematerialise it into, um, you know, where he needed to be. And that, for me, described an amazing love that his mother had. Yeah, no boundaries. No boundaries. She wanted to prove to him. Well, it changed his life. And that was my biggest wow. Like I was so thrilled with that mum and thrilled for him. Yeah, that's amazing. Are your gifts, do you feel like they're just getting stronger and stronger the longer you do it? hundred percent. So the more we um, practice our abilities and hone them and refine them, the stronger they become and it's like I liken it like going to the gym you know it's like a muscle it's a it's a mediumship muscle an energetic muscle the more we use it the more it grows stronger and of course the other part of this is um, the less we doubt so we've got to really take the leap of faith and that can be hard when we're developing mediumship at the beginning because we're questioning everything and mediums by their very nature are super sensitive so we do get in our heads we question but if we just choose to decide that we do have a ability and we're just going to conduct an experiment every time we open for spirit just consider it as an experiment and just see what happens and if we can get to that stage then our mediumship accelerates mm. do you think that that's the biggest block for all of us is just that we aren't as open to it 
we we question everything? Oh, I feel so that there's um, a number of different um, areas that will um, hinder our mediumship development. Um, and recently, I you know I developed a, a learning hub called Ignition. Um, member community and one of the lectures in that learning hub is um, on the barriers to mediumship and there are a number of them one of them is fear absolutely um, another one is lack of trust there's also fear of being ridiculed you know no one mediums are reluctant we're reluctant people we go kicking and screaming of course we <laughs> you know we we get cold to service but there's a part of us that goes oh, my gosh, what's everyone going to say? Um, right. So my personal background, I actually trained as an engineer and I worked as um, an engineer for 18 years in the corporate world and I was very good at that job. So I was very logic-driven and science-driven and maths-driven and suddenly all these abilities opened up for me and I, you know, in my head I was like, well, how can I go from total logic to work here into woo-woo land and you know and still and have my credibility and I had a lot of people scratch their head and saying you're doing what you're you're a medium now like you know where did that come from so we do go reluctantly but it is a it's it's definitely a calling it's the only way I can describe it um because I know for a fact now if I was offered you know a million dollars, would would I change back into that other profession? I'll say no, because I love what I do. And I jokingly say, I've been doing this for 20 years now, and I jokingly say I stopped working 20 years ago because it's yeah. an honour and privilege and joy to do what I do every day. Oh, so rewarding to change people's oh, lives goodness. like that and to help bring out gifts in people that mm. they may not even realise they have. So is it they... They are coming to you like, I've had some weird things happening mm -hmm. and I want to find out if I actually am a medium and that's where you step in and you start helping them. 100%. There's a lot of people that will question it and often they will say, I don't know, is it in my head or is it spirit? And they worry, you know, am I losing my mind? Because right. it can be like that. You know, I'm hearing this, I'm seeing that, I'm dreaming this, I know that, I get feelings here. And they do feel a bit... Um, you know, a bit discombobulated, really out of body, you know, in many ways. And they just need the reassurance and under the skill and care of a, you know, a mentor that can just reassure them first and foremost um, and have a look at them and say, so one of the things that I do very well is I do what's called a spiritual assessment. So I'm very good at reading the aura and the colours in the aura. And the aura colours tell you or tell me what uh, your purpose is, you know, what are you here to do? So I, I, when they come to me concerned and worried, I just reassure them. I look and say, yes, you do have ability um, and it's manifested in this way and this is how I see you working your skill if you choose to. Um, having said that, I also want to highlight, I've had some people come and they actually do have mental health issues. So I had a lovely young man um, come to me and he really wanted me to tell him he was a medium. Mm -hmm. And instantly when I looked at him, I thought, no, this, this young man has mental health. I don't diagnose, but I knew right. he had mental health issues. 
And then when I asked him very gently, um, you know, can I ask you, why do you feel you've got mediumship ability? He told me that spirit was telling him to run across the road when cars were coming. Now, spirit would never harm you ever, ever, ever. That is the mind. And I asked him very gently and I said to him, can I ask you a very gentle question? I said, you don't have to answer, but have you ever had or being diagnosed with some mental health issues? And he said, yes, I have. And I knew he was still suffering at this stage. Um, and I said to him, okay, I said, well, I said, I know you want me to tell you that you're a medium, but I don't feel that you are. And then I asked him, you know, beautiful care questions, you know, is someone caring for you now? Are you eating well? Can someone, you know, are you still under care? Do you need me to help you with someone? And these are all, you know, when we work mediumistically, we are, one of the things that we need to do is no harm to anyone. And if they are vulnerable like that, we need to have a duty of care and an ethical responsibility and moral responsibility to help them as well. So this particular young man, um, for me, he um, he was a foreign student, so he came from an Asian country. He was based in Australia. He was very thin, and so the mother in me wanted to, you know, say, "Are you eating? Right. Do you have friends? Who's looking after you? All those questions." And I very gently, um, you know, told him that spirit would never hurt you or harm you, and he probably needed to go and see another healthcare professional and you know, we needed to direct it. So not everyone that sees and feels has mediumistic ability, but certainly when they do, I'm able to assist. Yeah, are they, there a yeah. lot of people that do what you do as a mentor? Had you heard of that before? Absolutely. I've never heard of it. Yeah, there there is. There is. Um, there, well, there's not a lot. There's there's few and far between, but there is quite a few of us. And usually it's when we're professional. So professional mediums would do that. There's a lot of mediums that, you know, do this as a side hustle and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, they have day-to-day -day jobs. And I started that way. You know, I had my corporate job and on a Saturday morning I started reading in a Thursday evening. But as you get more and more um, proficient, more professional, um, you end up, um, this is something that has come in quite naturally for me. I was very fortunate because my mentor, and she's gone to the spirit world now, was Mavis Patilla. And Mavis uh, has given 52 years of service to the spirit world, a phenomenal mentor to developing and uh, working mediums. So I was very lucky to be mentored by her. And therefore, I had really good, strong guidance with her on how to go about doing all this. And um, and I think this is why you can never underestimate the importance of having a really good mentor to bring you, you know, to bring your skill set into alignment and to bring the best out of you. You know, a good mentor will give you the confidence, will ignite your soul and then allow you to uh, find your feet but still be reassured that if you do need some guidance or help, that they are there ready to, to, do, to step in and help you. Oh, yeah. I think that's phenomenal. I mean, whatever you're going to do for these people that are up and coming, will probably they'll it'll inspire them to turn around and do the same for people under them, you know, 100%. so I think that's 
Yeah, just pass the torch. So um, you've written a book. Are you going to write another one? Yes, I am, actually. I've written a book. Um, my book is called Giving Spirit a Voice. Now, that book is a handbook. It's a manual for mediumship. So Giving Spirit a Voice, the mechanics of mediumship. And it has a little bit about me, the per the medium in there at the beginning. Um, it introduces me as a story. But really, it's, it's a a book that's been designed because when I was teaching I couldn't find a book that I could say to my students here take that and this is a great foundation for you so I decided to write one so I wrote that and released that and I've had some really great feedback on it as well which has been extraordinary and um, just before Christmas last year I released a companion book to that um, also called Giving Spirit a Voice, Mediumship Journal. So it is a journal that is a companion book that goes with that so that you can journal your experiences and really get to understand your soul's voice. And it's got some exercises in there, as does the book, by the way. Um, and it, it really is a great manual. Um, I'm now toying with a couple of other books in my head. So I, I will be writing again early next year. I'm thinking I may actually have a go at a novel this time that will oh. feature a medium so that's what I'm toying with I, I had a lovely little writer's workshop last weekend to kind of plot some ideas out on how I want this because I want to give the, the the idea a lot of books about mediums unfortunately or, or you know television shows they kind of show their overdramatic version of mediumship and, you know, they they make it scary. Um, you know, if, if anyone's seen The Sixth Sense, it's an old film now. But Oh, it, yeah. Um, it, it's not like that. It is from the boy's perspective. He would, I was frightened, the little boy was frightened. But spirit does not walk around with all the injuries, you know, and they just don't walk around like that. They're very loving. They don't want to scare us they want us to be their advocate, to be their voice. Um, and therefore, I wanted to bring some of that in and talk about that. Um, and the other thing that I'm deeply passionate about, because I came from a, such a strong corporate background, I wanted to um, bring in what I learned in my corporate experience on how to work with energy that is in the office space and um, you know, we, we are all energetic beings and how do we work with that? Right. Yeah. And I want to talk about um, what, what it is that you can do for people now, you know, like the mentorship and if it, you can do it virtually and all that, but really quick, I just had a question pop up. Yeah. Do Are the, the people that have passed on, what are they doing up there? Like, are they settled? Are they always just watching us all the time? Or what What are they doing up there? <laughs> right. That's a great question. And I get a lot of people asking. Every time I've asked the spirit world that question, I find that I get a different answer from every single person okay. I've communicated with. So most, most spirit people will do what they loved the best when they were here. So okay. there is, you know how we have that saying, as above, so below. So if they loved golfing here and, you know, on the earth plane, they, they're happy to play golf on the other side as well because they love it. But they do, um, because they're not bound by time or space, they, you know, they, they do also want to be with us. They want to be with in our lives. They want to see what we're up to um, and, and be around us. Now, you know, that lends the next question, you know, do they watch us in the shower and, you know, those sorts right. of things, right? <laughs> but, um, 
you know, they don't see us like physicality. So they see our energy and our soul. So rest assured, with an opportunity for you, you know, <laughs> having having your shower and, and or taking a bath, they're just not going to do that. But uh, <laughs> not, not the way we think anyway. So they certainly do that. Um, others others actually do because the soul progresses on the other side as well. Continuous progression of the human soul is is. Um, you know, something that happens here, we progress as humans, but we also can progress as souls on the other side. So some of them decide to become um, guides themselves. They might become guides. So my mentor, Mavis, you know, no doubt she, I've already, she's connected with me from the other side and guided me, and no doubt she'll still be working for spirit on the other side. But, not, you know, if she chooses to, she has free will and choice like we all do. And, um, you know, others will become guides. Others, uh, usually when the last earth person that has a living memory of our loved one, when they go to the spirit world, then that soul can continue on and go into those higher realms and eventually go back into the God source if they choose to. And they can move between the different worlds if they choose to as well. So there's no one version of heaven, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. There's no yeah, so heaven is, um, you know, I had a near-death experience, Dawn, brief, um, probably about, oh, gosh, it would have been uh, over 10 years ago now. And my little peek into the spirit world to me was this sense of incredible and profound love and peace. So my little glimpse into heaven was that. And, you know, I feel if we can understand that that's what we get and whatever that is for us that gives us peace, then that's what we're doing when we're on the other side. Oh, my gosh. I love that message so much. And I hear it. The more I delve into all this, it's just love and peace. That's mm -hmm. all. You know, uh, it's beautiful. It really it is really just is. beautiful. Okay, so tell people how they can find you and, and about your um, what you can provide for them. Oh, thank you, um, Dawn. So those that are interested or want to find out more or just to reach out, um, they can. There's many ways to to uh, get across to me. Um, of course, I'm on socials, but the best place probably is to go to my website. So Ioana Serpanos, S E R P A N O S, and Ioana is. Um, I-O-A-N-N-A, so ioannasapanos.com. Uh, in there, then I've got all the socials, but I have actually launched a beautiful uh, learning hub called Ignition Member Community. In there, I've um, at the moment, level one is live, and by the end of this week, level two and three should be up. But level one is the foundational course that anyone who just is at the beginning of the journey and really wants to understand mediumship. It's a self-paced, self-learning space. It has all the meditations, a downloadable workbook and the lectures there um, that are recorded. So you'll see me talking to beautiful slides that will help you understand that. And then I feel that the next journey after that would be to book in for a spiritual assessment that where I'd be able to look at you. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. I've mentored all around the world um, as far away as Norway, um, Greece, the, the US, UK. So it doesn't matter where you are. You book in for that and then I can tailor a program for you that allows you to move forward into whatever area of mediumship you'd like to do. Level two um, is called the evidential medium. So level one is the emerging medium. Level two is when you are already working 
and you want to learn how to deepen your evidence. How do I get better evidence and how do I get better at it? So that course um, covers that and it also has level one in there. So you'll get both of those courses. And finally, level three is called the experienced medium and it is actually for um, people that know they want to do this as a profession. So it is very comprehensive. In there is also included not only the practical skill sets of mediumship, but how do you start your business? So all the business modules are in there too. And I come from a very strong business background. Right, right. Yeah, because a lot of these beautiful light workers, they, they, they develop their lovely skills, but then they don't know how to turn it into business. How do we practically convert it into a business? Level two and level three also have a six-month container where you get two hours with me. Um, I do a little mini masterclass and then I get you working practically with other people doing exercises. So it's a wonderful way if you're very serious about your mediumship to get going. But if you just want to start, the emerging medium is really the start for you just to get an understanding. Oh my gosh. And then also the book, Giving Spirit a Voice. Yeah, percent. So it's on Amazon and there's links from my website to Amazon as well. So it ships all around the world. Um, and those that are in Australia, particularly in Victoria or in Melbourne, you can certainly come and collect it from the office. That's not an issue. But everyone else, it definitely you'll get it straight to your door through Amazon. Oh, awesome. Oh my gosh. I'll put all of this in the show notes so people can find you. But this has been just Awesome. I love your accent and the way you explain everything is just so eloquent and I could listen to you for hours. So thank you so much for spending the time with me today. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you for what you do. And I love your podcast name and I love your energy and I know <laughs> your followers will just get so much out of all your podcasts. You are an amazing human and I appreciate that you've had me on today as well. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And I will be in touch. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.